A one, two, two three, four. T to G to I to F to T to G to I to F to F. Thank God it's first. Thank God it's first. Thank God it's first. T to G to I to F to T to G to I to F to F. Thank God it's first. Thank God it's first Friday. Hello, everybody. I am Deacon Luke Rawicki. And I'm Brother Andrew Tory. And we are pumped for this first Friday, March episode. First Friday of March, of first Friday of Lent. And there's so much to talk about, especially with everything happening in the world. That's right. Yeah. With all this dramatic, tragic situation in Ukraine and, and the need for peace. So that's going to be the theme of, of this month's episode of TGIF. F. And we are going to talk about peace in Ukraine. But I think the Pope's call for peace has a lot to do with peace back at home, in each one of our homes, in each one of our lives. And that is going to help make peace practical in your day-to-day life um, as a way to truly help Ukraine and all these people. What can I do? That's what we're going to talk about. Um, well, Andrew, first, just give us an update. What's been happening in the Eternal City? So, yeah, here thousands of miles away from Monterey, Mexico, uh, life is going on. The second semester has started. My favorite classes this semester are on the church and on liturgy, but definitely the most exciting thing that's happening is two months and how many days away, like four days, five days away, Yeah, yeah. Which are the priestly ordinations in which somebody on this episode is going to be ordained, right? Which, which one of us for the Luke? <laughs> so we have a special guest today and that's me. No, just kidding. No, but, <laughs> but I am two months away from uh, my ordination and along with about 35 other brothers. Not everyone's going to be ordained in Rome because of COVID, unfortunately. But the important thing is that we will all be ordained priests sometime in the next couple months. And so obviously just getting excited, uh, making preparations for like where I'm going to celebrate my first mass and my second first mass and my third first mass. And like, <laughs> um, yeah, just my, most of my family's be able to come. All my siblings are able to come. Um, and yeah, just very grateful for all that God has done during both Brother Andrew and I, as you all know, started 2009, and so we've been at it for a long time, and so to be arriving to this point, uh, very much thanks to all of your prayers, um, is Amen. a huge moment. So just making the most of it and spending a lot of that time in prayer, that's what, um, yeah, the suggestions or the recommendations for me have just been pray, just keep praying and be close to God, because He does the rest. So very exciting. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, we're excited here in Rome, too. We just... We just had our, our first choir practice. There are 40 people in the choir for the wow. ordination mass. And it's going to be really beautiful. We're going to sing in all these different languages because the, the, uh, the, the deacons being ordained come from, I think, like seven or eight different countries, something like that. So it's going to be a beautiful ceremony. Those of you who can come to Rome, you're going to really enjoy it. And those of you who aren't able to, you should tune in because it's going to be it's among the most beautiful ceremonies I've seen in my life. And yeah, answer me this. Like, what, be... I, will you be doing anything more exciting at like four in the morning or three in the morning if you're in the U.S.? Like, come on. You can, you can always connect via the live stream. You know, you, you don't want to miss, you don't want to miss this opportunity. So um, the name of this episode Rather than telling you, we're just going to sing it to you. A whole new world. 
Piecing piece, piece by piece. <laughs> so a little play on words there between peace and peace. Between peace, world peace, like peace, and finding it that it's in a lot of ways broken right now in pieces. And so how do we piece back together peace, piece by piece? Um, that's what we want to talk about because we can think like Brother Andrew, I think just like kind of your reflection on what world peace is and what that means is really a good way to like start off this theme. Like how, like what is world peace? Yeah, we can't, we can't look at it like some abstract concept. Like it's up there, like in the skies, like circling the globe, like this aura of like, I don't know, golden colors that just make all oh, peace, you know, sprinkle down um, pixie that- dust. Exactly. (laughs) That does not exist. It does not exist. Um, Does not exist. What what does exist are people who are at peace. Yes. Among among themselves, but first of all, with themselves. People who are at peace with themselves. So so in this episode, we want to take a look at what does it mean? What does peace mean? Like both philosophically, theologically, and and what is that? How can I cultivate peace in my life? Because honestly, if we look at the situation in Ukraine and also others, other places in the world that we can't forget about, like the war that's going on in Syria, the war that's going on in Yemen, these communities um, in uh, Nigeria where Muslims are, are, are continuing to persecute Christians, it's all over the world still. But the fact that it's in Ukraine, obviously, it's it's, it's closer to our, to the Western world. So we need to look at what is what is peace and how can I how how, how can I cultivate that in my own life? If and we look at the situation, go ahead. I was just say like we can think like an enemy to peace is Putin. Okay, and in a certain sense, okay. But there are a lot of other enemies to peace, and one of them is sin. One of them is our brokenness, our the brokenness of our human nature. Like these are obstacles or things that, that we can day daily fight against in a very practical way. Like that's why I like your way of just putting it like in perspective. World peace is not something abstract, but it's a lot. It made up a lot of people who are living in peace with themselves. And that that implies that the brokenness and the sin is not getting the best of us. And I was thinking of an example of like when I'm not at peace, how that affects other people around me. Like if I get a piece of good news and then something very small happens, it doesn't affect me. But let's say I'm having a bad day and the waiter at the restaurant gets my uh, ham and cheese sandwich order wrong <laughs> and throws. Why would you it. order? Why would you order a ham and cheese sandwich at a restaurant? Uh, it's so that's what I want, <laughs> that's what I want to know. Okay, I I order lobster <laughs> with ham and cheese on top. All right, and that lobster with ham and cheese on top also comes with like a big blob of mayo, and I hate mayo. Like if I just got like good news, like you know my family, you know there's I'm gonna have another niece or nephew. Or I'm getting ordained in two months. Or um, I don't know. I just got in. I, we just had this project and it was a like huge success. And we're getting like, it's a going forward. A little bit of mayonnaise isn't going to throw me off. But if I'm having a bad day, I will explode and be like, how could you get this wrong? And like beep, beep, and all these things. Yeah. And, you know, so my peace does have real effects on the peace in the world. And so that's why it's not something abstract. So sorry, but Andrew, I, I cut you off there. But just, uh, I love the idea. So like keeping with that idea, I think it's really good. But like, yeah, so but Andrew, what is peace? Like, what's the definition? What is like, yeah, what is it? Help us, let's talk about it. So a lot of people think that peace is the absence of conflict, the absence of war, right? Peace is just sort of like this 
general tranquility, serenity. There are no conflicts going on. It's just sort of like like the absence of conflict. And there's and there's that's obviously there's there's truth to that, but there's so much more. It's not just the absence of something. It's it's the fullness of life. That's what peace is. Peace is a fullness. It's when you have all the parts together. And and so the challenge for us is to is to take these pieces back together, <laughs> to bring them back together and make them whole again, because that is going to bring us to a state that's just m- so much more than the absence of conflict. It's, it's fullness of life. A and whole the, the new world. Bum, 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 bum. Piecing peace, piece by piece. That's what we want to do. We want to piece peace back together. And the best way of doing that is by understanding who we are as human beings. It's an idea that we've repeated a lot, but it's so important because if we don't respect our identity as human beings, then there's, there's, there's nothing that we can meaningful that we can say about peace at the end of the day. We have to understand who we are as human beings. And the basic thing is that we're body and soul. We're body and soul, and we have needs for our bodies, physical needs. We have needs, emotional needs, psychological needs, and we have, we have a soul, or we have spiritual needs. And so all of these needs need to be addressed. And once they're addressed, then we can live in peace. We live in fullness of life. So that's, that's generally on a, on a general level, what it means to be at peace is to, is to, res- to identify and respect the needs that we have rooted in who we are as human beings, especially in our body and our soul. Okay, and then all everything we're saying that you're just saying, okay, like the body and soul and finding wholeness and all these things, there's no better time to do it than Lent. Like as as tragic as as it is, like with Putin and the Ukraine people suffering and all like the nine hundred thousand refugees leaving Ukraine and leaving their homes, and everything, there's no more, there's no better time for all of us to pray, to ask God's um, to bring peace, to convert the hearts of all those who are dividing the country and dividing the world. And at the same time for us to find peace in our own lives. One of the things that has been um, striking me just these first couple of days of Lent is this saying like, now is a time of salvation. Hmm. Because like we can think, okay, well, salvation means like when I die, I'll go to heaven. Like I'll be saved. I won't go to hell. I'll be saved. But to say that today is the day of salvation, like this moment is where God is offering me salvation is to think, okay, maybe salvation doesn't mean just like the theological concept of at the end of time and the resurrection of the bodies and things like that are far off that maybe today don't seem to have much to contribute to my life. But to think, okay, well, if God is offering me salvation, what, what does it mean to be saved? What is, what is that salvation he wants to give me? Okay, well, there's a lot of things that maybe we could be enslaved to. That I, instead of being mm-hmm. free and saved, like the Israelites from Egypt, I might still be clinging to certain things. And as long as I'm a slave to things, to ideas, to attitudes, to my preferences, uh, I'm going to be continue being like a broken person. Because rather than being whole and finding my fullness in something true and real, which is God, which is my faith, which are my beliefs, I'm like escaping here, escaping there, clinging to this, clinging to that. And now is the time for us to talk about in TGIFF. What does it mean to be saved? What does it mean to be whole? What is it? What is it that Lent is offering me? Like, what is it that the Pope is saying when he's saying like a call for peace? It's more than just P 
peace in Russia and in Ukraine. It's all it's an effort that all of us can make that will bring salvation, that'll bring fullness, wholeness. Exactly. And it starts in the most important principle that makes us human beings, the highest principle of who we are, which is our spirit, our soul. Once that is in order, then everything else can flow. If you look at, let's go look, look back at Genesis real quick. So once Adam and Eve sinned, um, once, they, once they ate of the forbidden fruit, everything fell out of harmony. So, um, so they, they, they had, they had to, Adam had to till the earth with the sweat of his brow. Um, Eve you know, would give, birth, give, give birth, you know, she would experience the pangs of childbirth. Um, animals would be afraid of human beings. Like if you go, if you go out, like in, in, like you take a walk in a park and you, you see like squirrels playing around. Once you start getting close to them, like they like run away from you. That's a direct consequence of original sin. <laughs> like when you see like little animals who are scared of you. Um, so everything sort of falls out of harmony once, <laughs> it's crazy, but, but once, once your soul is, is detached from God, once we rebel against it, everything falls out of harmony. But if the soul is in a right, is in a right relationship with God, with our, who, the one who created us, then everything else falls into place. Everything falls into place. Now, the world is affected by original sin, and we can't reverse the effects you know, right now. I hope that's going to come at the end of time. So even though our soul is going to be in the right order, obviously the physical nature, we still see physical effects of sin, like we, we grow old, we die, et cetera. So that, unfortunately, that's part of our, our, our just punishment um, from sin, right? From the sin of our, our first parents. But still, that doesn't mean that we can't have harmony because the most important principle in our life is, is, is making our soul beautiful, making our soul like God. If you look at Putin, uh, Vladimir Putin, so he, his goal is to reestablish the, the greatness of the, the Soviet empire, the Russian empire, right? And so he has this, you know, obviously it's, it's terrible what he's doing, right? But he wants, he wants something that's, that's, that he perceives as great, right? He wants to be this great human being. He wants to leave Russia stronger. He wants to increase its borders. He wants to do all these things, right? Um, there, there is an element of, you know, hear me out, people. You know, there is an element, a small element of goodness in that, okay? But the fact that he is obviously, um, he, he's, he's distorting the, the desire for greatness that he has. He's distorting it by, by, by throwing society by reversing the right order that should happen in society just justice so we see clearly that peace flows from right ordering so it starts in the soul like you're desiring this right relationship with god you know there's a there's a level of submission that we have to god but also we understand god as our father our merciful father and so we the way we think the way we breathe the way we act the way we interpret events is all in the light of our merciful father who loves us and takes care of us, right? Yes. And so that implies a right ordering. But the fact that there are political leaders today who, who reverse this right, this right order, they, they, it's, it's unjust, it's not right, it's, it's not justice to, to, ex, to exert this domination over other people because political power is supposed to be at the service of, of who we exactly. are as human beings. And that's, that is, that is the problem. So he, so there's a, there's a, a, a very small, but still a bit, a bit of light and this good and this good desire that he has for greatness, but it's, it's totally 
um, corrupt because it's it's a reversal of the right order that should be in society. So there you go. There's a little bit of social doctrine 101 with Brother Andrew Torrey, who's who's studying the, studying theology. I guess you don't have that class until next year, but obviously yeah, you've been doing your reading yeah. and um, <laughs> and like so justice and order and unity and peace. All those all those things like there's a lot of key concepts in social social doctrine, but you realize it's all basically comes down to one. And that's love. That's man is made to love and to be loved. And so like whenever that gets out of whack and it's like, I'm more important than my neighbor, I'm more important than God, or I am God, then everything blows up. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, exactly. And this comes from, so sorry to interrupt, but this, yeah. but if, if you look at the situation, you have a political leader, Putin, who it, it, it's coming from his heart. This, this disorder is coming from his heart. And, and I, I think Jesus said it, or some, somebody in the Bible said, out of the fullness of your heart, um, the mouth speaks. And also, Jesus, well, Jesus did say that um, um, it's not what goes into man that makes us, um, I don't know what the word was, sinful or wrong or bad. It's, it's what comes out. And so, pure. And, and so, exactly. And so, if we, don't, if we don't have guard over our hearts, and this is a really good exercise in mind, if we don't, if we don't examine what's going on in our hearts, the, the emotions that we're feeding um, the good or bad, um, the thoughts that we, that we entertain, et cetera. If we don't examine ourselves, there's no reason why we couldn't end up one day oppressing other people. We are, we are totally capable of, of doing the same thing that, that Putin is doing. But the difference that we have between, between us and him is that we, we, can, we can start to, to well, he, he can do it too, but we, can, but we need to start to look at our hearts now and say, hey, like I need to watch over myself because if not, I could end up like him. I could end up dominating other people. And that, that is not where peace flows from. Yeah. And it's, it's also like you were saying, it's like there's some type of good that maybe he perceives, but it's, it's out of whack because there's like no, no good end comes by evil means. And like, that's, that's just ethics 101. Again, it's like, you can't say, okay, well, I want to, bring order to the whole world. So I'm going to take everyone over. I'm going to take away their freedom. I'm going to dominate. I'm going to impose my will. No, obviously you can't do that. Um, a lot of times it's just like um, being humble. You know, a lot of times it's saying, okay, this is, you know, my, my area of, of leadership is here and these people are independent and good for them and good for me. And I'm going to be the best leader. Like when you start to like overstep those bounds, you know, you're in dangerous moral territory. And, um, and like you went back to original sin and I was like, okay, well, if we're broken, there's nothing we can do, then should we just give up? And obviously, what is the answer to that question, Brother Andrew? No, we should not give up. We should not give up because like, we can't <laughs> be... That. Segway. <laughs> we, can't, we can't give up, but we also, we can't beat. We can't, I can't piece back together peace in my life. I can't because we're broken. And so someone else had to come and someone else had to do that for us. And that was Christ on the cross. And so in the effort we make Lent to like not eat chocolate cake or to watch less Netflix or to not spend so much time on Instagram and TikTok, like these things can be very shallow if it's not united to the cross of Christ, which is redemptive, which ends with Easter Sunday, which is the resurrection. And so there is so much hope when we don't have to when we don't do it alone like when we do it alone and think okay well the world's a disaster and if i look at myself well like brother andrew's saying i could be like putin tomorrow like oppressing people like that's pretty depressing but if i think wow christ already beat sin he already defeated death 
And so what, what, how can I have a share in that victory? Okay, well, I'm going to unite my small sacrifice today with his, mm -hmm. with his infinitely powerful sacrifice. And that's how I can little by little piece back together my life, make myself whole and have an effect on where I work and my family, with my friends. And that, if everyone in the world does it, if Putin listens to our podcast and everyone like takes seriously <laughs> the message of Christ and the gospel, which is, I came to, to give you fullness, so you have life to the full, wholeness, joy, peace, then this world can be reversed, but it's through the grace of Christ that we allow to work through us. Um, so with, with Brother Andrew's like doomsday speech there, <laughs> which was good. That wasn't doomsday. Because was it, was it, I mean, it was true. <laughs> I just, as you were talking, I was like, okay, I need to give these people some hope too. So is that like to not forget that, that Christ's cross wins. And no, it wasn't a doomsday speech, but it was like, just like the truth of the brokenness yeah. of the world and, and the effects, like terrible effects it's having on people's lives. Um, but there's also Christ's salvation also has real effects on our lives and gives us every reason to not lose hope. Amen. Amen. There's so many examples that we can, that, that can help us also um, not to lose hope. Um, just the, the very well-known ex current example right now of the president of Ukraine, uh, Volodymyr Zelensky. He is staying with his people in the, the city of Kiev, which is being battered day in, day out, hour by hour, soldiers dying. He is staying in the thick of it. And he told, that, so Biden offered, I mean, uh, uh, any president would have, would have said this, right? He offered him like a way out, you know, like to protect him, et cetera. And he said, I need ammunition, ammunition, not a ride. Like this is a, this is a man who is, who is with his people. There, there are so many signs of goodness in the world. There are so many good examples of people who, who invite us to be, to be courageous, to be valiant, to, to live life uh, to an, uh, as an adventure, to not be afraid, to, to launch out into the deep. Like Jesus was the best example. Like he, 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 was, he marched straight on to Jerusalem, knowing, that, knowing the death that was going to wait him, but he knew what was going to happen after, right? So there's so many examples that we need to let ourselves be, be, be given so much hope by. Like Brother Luke, we, um, your, your grandfather recently passed away, right? Tell us, tell us about your grandfather an example, because he was an amazing man who, who I think really shared a lot of these values and lived them out. Yeah, I, I love what you're just saying, and I'd love to talk just one little story about my grandpa too that goes perfectly with what we're saying. But just what you're saying just reminded me also of like the reason we have hope is because where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. And so like whatever mm. evil is present in the world, maybe God doesn't like take away that evil. Like he doesn't because he doesn't want to ever invade on our freedom, our free will, even mm -hmm. like whether we're doing good or doing evil. He doesn't he doesn't ever take that away because he calls us to love. Um, and that's and that's a necessary um, that's a necessary element so that we can love God. But what does he do like in the face of evil? He accompanies us and he brings out an even greater good. And that's something that hopefully like in whatever situations in our lives, like when there's, when there's a death that seems like it was unjust or why does this innocent person suffer? Why do these people in Ukraine who are innocent suffering? Um, it's, it's always, we can ask endlessly, why, why, why? Why does God allow that to happen? But we can also look for those signs of his presence, like this, the heroism of these people of Ukraine. And I've seen like athletes, those uh, Miss Ukraine, who's, Grabbed a uh, grabbed a rifle and put on the equipment to fight for her country. There's uh, professional goodness. boxers that have done the same thing. All these people could easily fly out of their country. They have a, probably another house in some other country and live peacefully. But this is my country. Like, look at the heroism. They're willing to sacrifice their lives. My grandpa, who passed away last week, 
was a survivor of the Holocaust. He's a Jew. He's Jewish. He was Jewish. He um, was caught in there at 13 years old in in the mess of all the Nazi oppression, the persecutions, the Holocaust. He lost his dad, his mom, his sister um, to either gas chambers or to shooting in the case of his dad. Oh my gosh. And in the case of like such brokenness and hatred, my grandpa chose love. And my grandpa made it to the United States um, as a young man. He started a family. And one of the words, one of the, during this uh, memorial service at the synagogue in Tampa, Florida, um, just earlier this week, my brother was talking about the legacy that my grandpa would have wanted to leave behind. And it was basically exactly what we're talking about in this podcast. It was saying like, we have to end discrimination. We have to end. And so my grandpa dedicated many years of his life to telling his story and like the horrors of it, but not to scare people, not to drudge up grudges, but it was so that it, history would not repeat itself. And one of the things that my brother was saying, which was like everyone was nodding their heads as we were listening because it was so true, was that whenever you had a conversation, a political discourse with my, with my papa, you'd sit down with him and you'd bring up your opinions. If he didn't agree, he told you, but you <laughs> like, then you were less in his eyes because he would ask you, well, what do you think about this? And he was very inquisitive and curious and wanted to know more. He wanted to, to be enlightened and to enlighten. But it was never like he was never closed off to opinions. And I don't know how much his opinion really changed when he talked with someone from the opposite spectrum, you know, the political spectrum. But you never felt like you weren't listened to. And that is something that's incredible. Coming from someone who, who suffered so much and could have been, you know, a very bitter person to being someone who was the opposite of that. Someone who encouraged uh, peace and love and dialogue and unity. Um, like if you, if he could overcome that, it's a constant inspiration for me to strive to like, not be conditioned by, you know, certain difficult moments, but to always be that instrument of peace and the instrument of love. Um, so I love you, Papa. And we can, yeah, just yeah, learn a lot from your story, learn a lot from your heroism, um, during those, during the time of the war until the last day of your life here on earth, when you're thinking of others. Um, so that I think is a great story of piecing peace back together, you know, and making Praise God. a whole new world, piecing peace, peace by peace, man. That's so awesome. Praise God for your, your grandfather. I think, Amen. I think it's so clear that he understood that an absolute principle in human society is the dignity of the human person. So he knew that he could have been talking to somebody who was an opposite, total opposite spectrum or whatever, whatever he felt was right. But he listened, like you said, like he, he listened to them, he welcomed them. Maybe he didn't change his mind, but, but he was still like, okay, you know, like we're, we're on the same team, you know? And that is so important. That's such an important part of peace is, is the dignity of the human person. It doesn't, it doesn't matter if the, the person is, totally different from who we are but we can still sit at the same table we can i can still serve him a cup of cup of water i can still like you know, talk with him i can still you know live coexist peacefully together and it's so important i think christians we have a special duty to spread this type of um, awareness in, in in the world this type of communion this this the charism of communion i think is is such an important part of of who we are as Christians, and, and especially for you and me, Deacon, you know, as, as, as going to be priests, you know, to, to spread communion among people. That's, that's one of the most beautiful charisms, I think, that, 
than anybody can have because there's there there is there's so much disintegration in society not only on a like friendships or on a human level but so many people are separated and fragmented and political polarization but we need, we need communion right but if we take this if we take the, the speech even further so this is like just on a philosophical level you know like on the level of society peace comes from a right ordering from justice etc if we go to the bible it gets so much better so much better everybody knows the word uh shalom right shalom you remember it means peace right yes there's a there's a um a greeting that people say even today in Israel. Like I'm not, I'm not a Hebrew expert, but I looked it up right before this podcast. <laughs> and they they say Shalom Alechem, which is which is I think it's like peace to you or something like that. But if you if you look if you look at the 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 root word, like we said at the beginning, it actually means um, may it be well for you or may it be whole for you, right? So what you're desiring again is this wholeness, this completeness which ultimately comes from Jesus. Like you were saying that uh, who, who, who reconciles us to the father and he is the ultimate source, source of our peace. It's so much, it's so much deeper than just the peace that comes from giving each person is due, right? Which is what justice is. Each, each person gets what's treatment because we all, we deserve a uh, just punishment when we, when we go against the, the rules of the community, right? But it's so much deeper when you, when you bring it to theology. You know, you and I are reconciled to the Father. And so that means that you're, we're no longer these strangers. We're brothers and sisters. We're family. And, and that's, that's amazing. That, that, for me, is where the profoundest peace comes from. I love that. Yeah, just the thinking that the other person is valuable, not because they share my opinion or they don't, or because they can offer me something or they can't but in themselves, the dignity of the human person, that you are, that you are one. And like, oh yeah, ultimately we're all united under the father. Um, yeah. I think how, how can you get that message out there? How can you live that out yeah. in your life? Um, maybe really, Andrew, like if you have any practical like tips or practical, like what has come to your mind of ways that you can be instruments of peace. Um, it was actually interesting just yesterday um, or on Ash Wednesday. Um, the director at the Irish Institute, the school, the legionary school here in Monterey, one of them, talked about being instruments of peace. And I was later on talking to the boys one-on-one and just like normal mentoring that we do, we offer at the school. And I was saying, hey, what are you gonna do for Lent? And like, what, do you have any plan? And he said, well, I don't know, but I really liked what Father said today about being an uh, instrument of peace. And I thought, well, hey, like, and I, I kind of mentioned to him, and that, you know, well, that's a lot of times when we hear something and it stays with us, it's like the Holy Spirit telling us. So maybe what are some ways that we can throw out there and get me, get people thinking like, um, Lent isn't just about giving up chocolate and especially this Lent, which is the time of salvation, which the Pope is calling us, Hey, like we need to bring world peace. Like what are some practical mm-hmm. tips we can give to our listeners, um, or ideas or books to read or something that maybe will stick. Maybe the Holy Spirit can use to inspire the TGIFF pod squad to live out this, <laughs> this call to making a whole new world. Any ideas? Yeah, tons of ideas. Um, so pieces, right? There, there, there are so many different compartments of our life, right? There are so many different things that we do. We get up in the morning, we have our routine, we go to work, we, we go to our coffee break at a certain time, we put in a certain amount of sugar, we, 
we talk to this person, avoid that person, come back home, have a routine, go to this website, watch this channel, do all these different things, all these different activities. So many different pieces of our lives, right? Mm-hmm. Or different emotions that we experience, different thoughts. Peace is wholeness, like we've been saying. And peace is bringing together all of the pieces into harmony. One thing that we could ask ourselves in this Lent is how am I living the normal things that I do? You know, like, um, don't, don't, I would suggest don't resolve to do something extra. Don't do that during Lent. This Lent be different. Don't, don't do something extra. Just try to do the normal things that you do with so much love and purpose. Right. And maybe that is, is obviously something extra because you're changing it, but it's not like, okay, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna restrict this. I'm gonna do that. I mean, those are good things, right? Like one of the things that I'm, that I'm going to try to do also is to spend a little less time on social media. Right. But, but, but I think the best thing that we can do is instead of doing something extra is, is where is my, like the things that I do in my daily life? Why do I do this? Why do I act the way I act? Why do I talk to this person in this way? Why do I come home and immediately just want to go past the dirty dishes and just, you know, plop on the couch? Like, why do, why do I do the things that I do? And why do I do them in the way that I do them? Where's the fire? Where's the light? Where's the, the purpose that's pushing me forward? Where's the excitement and the adventure that even in the most boring things I can, I can imbue with, with Christ's um, spirit, you know? So I think the first thing is like the normal things I do. Can I, can I get a little spark, a little spunk here? You know, can I get a little spunk in here? I like that. <laughs> like where that, that could be a good way of like paraphrasing everything that Andrew just said. Like, can I get a little spunk in here? Or like, can I, <laughs> can I make get a little wholeness in here in my life? Like what, what is something I can do? Like if it comes to like politics, one idea I heard, I wish I could remember where I heard it, but someone just suggested like, okay, if you're always listening to Fox, listen a little bit to CNN. If you're always listening yeah. to yeah, CBS or ABC, whatever, or if you're listening to this podcast, why don't you try a podcast from like the opposite end of the, um, the opposite, like our conflicting opinions, but not just that to like, to have your blood boil and your cholesterol go through the roof or whatever, <laughs> but to see, okay, well, like look for the good. Like even brother Andrew kind of made an exercise looking at Putin. Okay. Well, Putin maybe is delusional, but he's thinking he's looking for a good. Okay. Maybe the other people that we might say, okay, well, they're delusional too, but try to look for the good that they're seeking, like understand them for where they're at. Um, because the world's never going to be this paradise that we all wish it was because maybe my idea of a paradise isn't really a paradise. And maybe my idea of a paradise wouldn't even be the best, but also just because God allows free will. And so we also need to allow free will, but like try to find the good of someone else's arguments or, um, I mean, that's just, that's just one possible thing I'll throw out there. Yeah. That came to my mind. Looking for the good. Yeah. Bringing harmony. Another thing that's really, that I really hate it's really frustrating our temptations. <laughs> and I think, I think it's a great, um, I think, I don't think, I think we're all in the same boat here. <laughs> um, I think, I think it's a, a, it's a really beautiful exercise in Lent to look at our temptations and to ask ourselves, okay, what is the, like you were, like you just said, a great point that you just made, like, what is the good that we're looking for in a temptation? And I'll just go right at the most, the, let's go for the juiciest ones. Okay. Lust. Okay. So a temptation, uh, sexual sin, pornography, all this stuff. What is the, what is the good that we want? Well, the good that we want is, is pleasure 
it's a good thing. Pleasure is it's, it's it's the most power one of the most powerful emotions that God gave us. And if it weren't so powerful, maybe there would be so many people on earth, you know? <laughs> so it's a good thing. It's a really good thing. Um, so there are good things in our temptation that we seek. But the problem is, is that we seek them in the wrong way, you know? We're after something that's good, um, a need that we have, in this case, to, to be loved, to feel loved, even physically loved. But we, we're after it in the wrong way. And, and so the temptation is an opportunity to say, okay, there's this good that I'm seeking. There's a, but there's also a lie mixed in, sort of like Putin. He's seeking, he's seeking greatness, which is good, right? But, it's, but it's, he's not seeking the right type of greatness. And so the same thing, same thing happens to us um, at a much smaller level every single day, the little temptations that we experience. So, so let's, let's, during this Lent, let's look at our temptations and ask ourselves, hey, what am I, what am I looking after? What, 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 am I, what am I seeking? How can, and how can I obtain this good thing that I really want and that God wants me to have? How can I get it? How can I, how does God want to bring that to me? How can, how, how am I fuller, you know, with Jesus? I think, so I think temptations are, 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 are awesome in that, in that way. <laughs> yeah. Temptations is the battlefield for us to grow. And so like Lent, any, any sacrifices or things that we're doing, um, like try to do it with the, the intention of like growing and becoming more whole, not just like, I'm going to give this up for four days so that like, Starting Easter again, I just pick things right back up where I was. No, like let's let's seek growth and especially peace by overcoming those temptations, but having in mind, okay, like you don't have to, you don't have to be scared. Like what Andrew said, like went to the juiciest one of lust. Like you don't have to be scared of temptations because there is some good there, but because of original sin, it needs to be purified and directed and channeled towards its true goal, which is willing to give the other person, which is giving mm-hmm. my completely yeah. to the other person. And according to your vocation, obviously, you know, if you're married or if you're going to be a, a celibate priest or religious, um, those desires aren't now they're bad. Oh, because I've said no to that. No, it's like channeling those desires to to love and to give myself completely. OK, but do that to your job, do that to your with your family, do that with, you know, so um, with like for us, like your brother priests, like how can I serve them? How can I give myself? How can I? Um, yeah, oh, make, my life, awesome. make my life a mission, you know, for, for all those around me. Cause that's where you find fullness. Whereas the lie, a lot of times is like, okay, well, I need to grasp at my happiness and pleasure and, and I need to take it for myself. But it's actually yeah. when you're giving, you're much happier. You know, that's the example of so yeah. many, so many saints, um, that made that prayer, like mother Teresa's prayer, St. Francis of Assisi's prayer of like, just them talking about like, make me a channel of your peace. And mother Teresa's was when I'm hungry, give me someone so that I can give food to. And when I'm tired, mm. help me to be the one who brings rest for someone else. Because there's, a, there's like a secret there that's counterintuitive for our fallen human nature. But once we experience it, we realize that it's real. I was just talking to a, a focused missionary a couple of days ago on the phone. And he was saying the same thing. He's like, my job is to, is to talk to these guys in frats about like a lasting true happiness. And part of like what mm. we do is just get Bible studies going so that they can talk about these important Important topics and mm. with other guys their age but um and he said and i see a lot of guys that little by little i see conversions and i see transformation because what mm. we want to offer and the gospel wants to offer something real and true and meaningful that goes against what culture today says like which is immediate and grasping at and right at your fingertips always like netflix and amazon and like netflix you start one episode it's about to be finished and it's already like hey watch the next one and watch the next one. <laughs> 
yes, this is great. Life is awesome. But then when that's over, what? Like, what are you left? You're left with in pieces. Like, we got to piece mm-hmm. together, piece, piece by piece, in small ways, this Lent. That's right. That's right. I think maybe the last thing I would mention, last little idea to promote peace, right? To, to provide for, you know, the bodily and spiritual needs that we all have, you know, bringing these conditions together so that we can live in peace, fullness of life. It's something really simple. When, think about the last time that you said something positive to somebody else, like about, about somebody else, with, like in, with no other, anything else in, in, your, in no other intention. You, you, just, you just wanted to say something positive. You, you didn't want to get anything out of them. You didn't want to, you didn't want anything. You just wanted to say something positive and like, hey, like, you do this really well. Or, 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 or Deacon Luke, man, you, you, have, you have so much love for the priesthood and so much, you're focused on God's mercy and I can't wait to confess to you and, and et cetera. <laughs> you know, like when was the last time you said something positive, positive feedback? Because that changes so much. It, it, it helps people. It, it, it promotes peace. It promotes harmony. It's good. It's, it's, so I, I, think, I think giving positive feedback to other people is a really concrete way to promote peace. I love that, but Andrew. And I hope you continue being such a genuine person. Like just <laughs> on your heart, what you've thought about, what you've prayed about, you live. And you invite other people to live it. Like you have to keep that up too. And I think that's a, a way that God's asking you Thank to you. be an instrument of peace. I love, I love what you just said. I think we'll end it with that, with that very positive vibe that hopefully everyone will realize, hey, like this peace thing gives me good vibes. This peace thing is like what God invited me to go deeper this Lent. I want to live that. I want to piece, piece, piece by piece. Piece it back together. Because, because it's a whole new world. We don't just do, we do. <laughs> God bless everybody. Bye. God bless. What was that? What was that? TGIFF. What was that? Two brothers in row. What was that? What was that? TGIFF. What was that? It's a double F, not a singular F. TGIFF Instagram is TGIFF.podsquad. Facebook, Instagram, Internet. All over.